1: listening to all the books a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases this is episode 430 and today we are talking about books being released on september 12th 2023 and more i'm liberty hardy here with vanessa diaz and we're coming to you from bookriot.com vanessa hello hello liberty uh we just talked i don't know for like half an hour before this it was fun (laughs) i was trying so hard not to laugh yeah, we tell all the stories that we can't tell on the show.
2: It's also when we just catch up in general, so a lot of f- yeah. frivolity and silliness ensues, and it was a great time. Liberty is a great time just to go the
1: <laughs> Thank you. I always say, like, because I don't go anywhere, you know, or do anything besides read at home, that, like, I talk to my husband all week, and then one other person, which is always the person <laughs> I'm recording with, and lucky them... I'm like, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 when we talk.
2: <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I I laughed very hard. <laughs> yeah.
1: But now I realize it's a million degrees in my office because it's been like 90 in Maine for the last several days. Oof. So I'm going to possibly melt before this is over. So this is episode 430. I'm saying it quietly because it's also the time the cats get fed today. And I think they know it. So they're going to break down my door. <laughs> I if don't want to alert
2: it. them falsely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll spell it out for them. 430. But the corresponding area code to the episode number is located in Northeastern Texas. So hello to everyone in Northeastern Texas. It says 430 hello. covers Tyler, Longview, and Sherman. So hello to our Texas listeners. Hello to the listener who sent me an email about their upcoming area code with a lot of information about bookish things about their area, which I'm very excited to share with you. Uh, when that one comes up, you can tell us about your area code. You just have to write to all the books at bookriot.com and tell us where you are or tell us about, you know, your cats and what time they get fed. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever's on your spirit. Whatever you feel like talking about. So we are going to talk about books today, which is exciting. Before we do that, Vanessa, will you tell us about The Deep Dive, please? Absolutely.
2: So for anybody who hasn't yet heard, because we've been shouting about this from the rooftops for some time, we have a new-ish newsletter called The Deep Dive by Book Riot, So our editorial team has been writing for casual and power readers alike for some time, but we're doing it in a really specialized way over at the Deep Dive. You'll get weekly stories that are meant to inform and inspire readers and that draw from all of our collective experience as readers, of course, but also as teachers, as librarians and booksellers and just bookish professionals in general who've been doing this thing for a while. So recent stories for free subscribers have included a brief history of Chain Letters, which is so fantastic, by Danica, and a behind-the-scenes look at being Book Riot's managing editor by me. That piece is called Is This Piece of Fruit Too Sexual? And I swear it's related. So we're having a really good time over there. but uh, I think the passion comes through in the things that we're getting to write about. So paid subscribers also get access to exclusive content, including a mega list of books that our readers think you should add to your TBR, And you get access to community features, including the ability to comment and tell us what you think about everything that we're doing. And during the month of September, all of our new free subscribers will be entered to win Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler, plus five mystery books. And by mystery, I mean... Books that we don't, aren't going to tell you which ones they are not, that they're like mystery by genre. So to enter, simply start a free subscription over at the Deep Dive. No payment required. Just enter, go to bookriot.substack.com. Again, that's bookriot.substack.com. No purchase is necessary to enter. So go
1: on and discover that. Awesome. That's fun. Books are always fun. I like books. I thought so. I had to explain to Vanessa that I haven't had any caffeine today. Which I know seems impossible when you hear how okay. fast and how much I will talk. But...
2: <laughs> I don't have ever caffeine ever, and I'm right there with <laughs> you. So they just put two fast-talking ladies on one show.
1: <laughs> yep. I've always talked fast. Like, I could think of, like, a million examples of my teachers being like, slow down. It's like, yep. why? But Same. I have so many things to say in so little time. This is all cutting into my reading time. Like, let's, let's go. <laughs> Can we get recess over with? Come on, I want to get home. So... We are going to tell you about some great books that are out today, but before we do that, if I can find my notes, we are going to hear from our
0: first sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by National Geographic Books. The Cave is the incredible memoir of Imani Balur, a young doctor and activist who ran an underground hospital in Damascus, humanizing the enduring crisis in Syria. The only woman to have ever run a wartime hospital in Syria. She saved many from the atrocities of war while having to face the patriarchal conservatism around her. Amani Balur is a game changer. Listen, she will be remembered as one of history's greatest. She's a passionately committed humanitarian and she is determined to help others escape the horrors that she survived. Make sure to pick up the memoir, The Cave by Amani Balur and Rania Abu Zaid for a memoir that expands on the 2019 Oscar nominated film by the same name, which documents her experience running the hospital, shielding children from horrific sarin attack, losing colleagues, trying to employ more women in the hospital, and eventually leaving and becoming a refugee. So make sure to read about this amazing woman. And thanks again to National Geographic Books for sponsoring this episode. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is
1: now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics in Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Okay. I am so excited about my first pick that I almost don't want to tell you about it because. It's just too good and I might explode. But we're going to see what happens. If you hear a loud bang, you know that's what happened. My first pick for today is one of the most highly anticipated books of 2023. It is The Vaster Wilds by Lauren Groff. Oh my goodness. This book is so, so good. I got my hands on an early copy and I, of course, shared it with the internet being like, I have the new Lauren Groff because you got to brag about it. And... A couple of people said to me, this is her best book yet. And I was thinking, like, how is that possible? You know, like, she has delicate edible birds, and Florida, the story collections, and Fates and Furies, and, you know, um, the one that I can't remember that came out last year about the nun. I'm completely blanking on the title. And she's so amazing. I mean, so, so smart. I was like, how could this be her best one? Well, spoiler, it is. It's remarkable. It's slim and perfect. It's historical fiction about an unnamed teen servant girl. She has run away at the very beginning. She's running away from a colonial Virginia settlement because everything there is very bad. There's no food. There's lots of illness. People are starving. People are dying of smallpox. Everything in her life is so awful that running away into the woods with no supplies or a plan in the middle of winter seems preferable to staying behind and experiencing like all this awfulness that's happening. So she decides she's going to take her chances and heads off into the woods. Even though many people are sick, she's not entirely certain that they're going to let her go. And she does worry that someone's going to be chasing after her. So she's driven to just keep moving and keep going, you know, even though it's freezing and, and she doesn't know what's happening and she's cold. And you know, all of a sudden, She's all alone, possibly, in the unforgiving woods in the middle of winter. So it's not great. It's not a great place to be in. But like I said, she was in a much worse situation before she took off. As she travels, she mostly travels by night to put as much distance as she can between her herself and whoever might be chasing her. You know, and, and it's harder to spot her at night. And she's trying to decide, like, what does she want from her life? What's going to come next? And while she's thinking about these things and she's thinking about her past you know, we are treated to the most amazing descriptions of this harsh landscape, which Gruff makes sound like the most magical place that you would want to be, despite everything that's happening to this girl. You know, she's she's freezing. She's starving. It's unbelievable what this writing does for you. You know, and the girl goes on and she's thinking about her childhood uh, how she ended up a servant, how she ended up on a ship to America. She's thinking about someone that she met on that ship. And the horrors and hardship that she is facing are matched by the beauty of her surroundings. She also has remarkable thoughts about faith. You know, she's a religious person, you know, and what does the things that have happened to her say about, you know, her life? What does it say? Like, all of a sudden, like, nature is its own religion, you know, and she's having these different thoughts about Her surroundings and what's happening. I know I keep saying surroundings. It's literally a book about the girl in the woods, though. That's it. She's in the woods. (laughs) That's You have to talk about nature and surroundings. You know, but it's like she's in her own different kind of church now. And I can't get over how amazing this book is. It is a gorgeous success. It's like she's pulling layers of your skin off as you read along. And you're happy about it. And the more exposed you are to this book, the more it stings and you'll thank her for it. It's that good. And it also has a very powerful lesson, which I don't want to scare you. I don't want to think like, ah, I'm going to learn something. Like, it's, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You won't even realize you've learned a lesson until you get to the end anyway. So don't worry about it. Forget I said anything. But it's just so good. There are a lot of content warnings because, you know, nature and horribleness. There's animal harm, torture, and death. Chemical use and abuse. Repeated child endangerment, harm, torture, and death misogyny, classism, racism, colonization, the repeated sexual assault of children on the page, torture, murder, gore, cannibalism, trauma and grief, illness, medical trauma, and loss of a loved one, and suicide. So, yeah, all of them, basically. So, just know that going into it. But, oh my goodness, this book. It's, you know, I've been really bad at picking award winners lately, but I want to say that this one's going to be up for the National Book Award, which I think she's been up for, like, three times already. Anyway, just read it. It's The Vaster Wilds by Lauren Groff.
2: So the book you couldn't remember by Lauren Groff is called Matrix.
1: And yes, I thank love you. that book
2: so much, so much. And if you are an audiobook listener, it's narrated by Ajua Ando, who is the person who plays um Lady Danbury on Bridgerton. And I only bring that up because mm. if you if you've watched it, you know her voice has this like really beautiful, like rich quality and it's just really delivers on that particular book. So yeah, highly recommend that too. Sweet. And now we will pivot, (laughs) as we are (laughs) wont to do when we record together. Uh, Surprising no one, my first pick is a witchy one. And it's not even October yet. Look at me getting started early. And that is The Witch of Wild Things by Raquel Vasquez Gilliland. Or Gilliland. I'm so sorry. I forgot to look that one up. But I will correct that going forward. So this one does have a small reference that both in the description and in the plot trigger warning of domestic violence. So just your mileage may vary, but it's not graphic or on the page. So this is a romance and our main character is Sage Flores. Sage is reluctantly returning to her hometown after her life kind of blew up. She had this great job at a university and then she kind of slept with her boss and then the boss pulled the old uh, budget cuts excuse and let her go. So she can't pay her bills, she has no good options, and so she packs up her car and heads back to the town of Cranberry, Virginia, which I thought was, like, too cute to be real, but it is, in fact, a real place. It's like an unincorporated township. So, yeah, Cranberry, very cute. There's a lot about this return that's unpleasant for Sage. For one, she lost her little sister, Skye. She died eight years ago. And secondly, she is very estranged from her surviving sister, Teal, Things got really weird between them after Sky died because it seems like Teal and maybe other people in the family kind of blame Sage for what happened to Sky, And because Sage, in trying to help Teal upon learning that her partner is a narcissistic abuser, hit a nerve, the combo didn't go well, and it ended with Sage getting punched in the face by Teal. So, again, things are just not great between the sisters. And then another thing, the sisters, like many of the women in their family, all have gifts. Gifts that they... Kind of all are at different stages of being comfortable with, but teal can affect the weather, for example, and sage can speak to and has a general affinity for plants. And so because of that plant knowledge, she's able to get her old job back at this place called the Cranberry Rose Company, where she uses that ability to communicate with plants to locate and identify like heritage specimens for use at this you know place that she's working. What makes all that more complicated is that there's this dude named Tennessee Reyes that she has to work with. He broke her heart in high school and she never really recovered. But also he doesn't really know that he broke her heart because the heartbreak in question began with an online chat room. And you'll need to read to see how that unfolds. But working together is reminding her of... Everything she's tried to forget, but also challenging the things that she decided she hated about him because this was, of course, a long time ago and they're both, you know, grownups now. And so it's awakening new feelings for this version of Tennessee who she can't bring herself to, like, tell the entire truth to, even though she knows she probably should as they work together more and more closely. So she's trying to work with Tan, trying not to fall in love with him, and also now seeing the ghost of her dead sister who wants her to repair her relationship with Teal. So we will see how all of that goes. It is, of course, a romance. So you kind of know where this is headed. But this one is so planty, like so, so much plant talk. And I love that kind of magic. So it was really fun to see. And it's, you know, very kind of naturally woven into this in the way that feels a little bit like magical realism. It's just such an endearing story. I will warn about one thing that is not a bad thing. It's just a thing, which is that the whole story is so kind of sweet that the sexy times really took me off guard because of some of the language that's used is very like, explicit in a way that, I, and it's not like a brief or even very graphic description. It's just some of the like talk between them. I was like, oh, we're going there? Like after everything was like, we're in cranberry and we like plants. So if that's a thing that takes you out of a story, maybe be prepared for that. But it's still just overall very sweet and lovely story with lots of great Latina elements that I really enjoyed. So that's The Witch of Wild Things by Raquel Vasquez-Gilliland.
1: All right. Now for something completely different. ta Yeah. These are all wildly different today. It's great! My next pick is the graphic novel Roaming by Jillian Tamaki and Mariko Tamaki. They are the authors of Skim and this one, Summer. This graphic novel takes place during spring break of 2009 which was 14 years ago but doesn't sound like it. It sounds like it was a couple couple years ago. Um, It is about Zoe and Danny. They are best friends from high school in Canada. They now attend different colleges, and they are meeting up in New York City during spring break for this adventure. Zoe has always wanted to see New York City, and Danny thinks it would be a good time, too. Um, She wants to see the blue whale at the History Museum. Zoe wants to see all the art. She's going to art school. But when Zoe shows up, she has someone else with her, Fiona, her dorm mate from art school, and it changes an already changing dynamic between the friends. Since going to college, Danny has come out as a lesbian. She's shaved her head. She's failing classes for the first time and she's feeling a lot of stress and, you know, she's missing home. She doesn't know um, how she feels about Fiona. Fiona is this curvaceous blonde who thinks everything Danny and Zoe is excited about is lame. She acts kind of like a snob. Danny doesn't understand why Zoe brought her. They're staying at a hostel with very strict rules about drinking and smoking and company and noise and Zoe and Danny are trying to plan you know where they want to go first they want to see landmarks they want to see the Statue of Liberty but Fiona has a big personality and is very convincing and she's pushing them to smoke cigarettes and drink alcohol and take drugs she doesn't want to see the things that they want to see she just wants to party and go to bars and have a great time and she keeps talking about her brother who lives in Brooklyn who is just like so amazing um, but she's not going to see him while she's in town. And Danny is put off by Fiona at first, but as the days progress, she starts to feel a distance growing between her and Zoe as well, and she starts siding with Fiona, which makes things worse between her and Zoe. And the title of the book, Roaming, refers to Danny not wanting to turn on her cell phone uh, and incur roaming charges while they're in the city. This is a beautifully illustrated book It's done in pale yellows and pale purple. It's a story of coming of age, about just starting to figure out who you are and what you want, about how distance and time can change friendships. It's just so great. In the credits in the back, they talk about how they spent a lot of time on Flickr looking at photos of New York City in 2009, and the backgrounds are really amazing with all the different advertising and billboards it's fantastic. It's called "Roaming" and it's by Jillian Tamaki and Mireiko Tamaki.
2: Oh, well, it sounds lovely. It is, and yeah, we're really swinging back and forth in genre here today. <laughs> <laughs> Variety is the spice of life. <laughs> so my next pick is one that I am warning you now I'm probably going to babble incoherently about <laughs> because it just did that to my brain. But I'm going to try to reel it in. And that is Rouge by Mona Awad, which I walked around for six months calling Rogue. It's not Rogue. It's Rouge. Anyway, uh, Mona Awad is the author of a few books, but Bunny is probably her most well-known, which I own and haven't read, constantly constant, you know, same old story. This book is a ride and one that frankly, I was sometimes a little lost in, in a good way. And it's okay because it does loop around to making sense. And it's one that I think I could probably stand to read two more times and like really get into some of the meat, uh, partially because I did this one on audio as well. And um, it was great. It was well-performed, but I think I would probably like to do it again in print to really concentrate on some of the subtleties. So how to classify it? It's litfic. It also plays with fairy tales and fabulism and slips into horror in these really interesting ways. So our main character is Mirabelle, but for most of her life, she has gone by Belle. That's the name her mother gave to her. Belle is biracial. Her father was Egyptian and her mother is a white French Canadian woman. Belle's father passed away when she was young, so she was raised by her mother in Montreal. At the start of the book, we learn that Belle's mother has recently died. Belle is still living in Montreal, but her mother was now living in La Jolla, California, which is a suburb, a very uh, well-to-do suburb in San Diego, where we all know I'm from. And so the situation is that, again, her mom has passed away. She's going to go to California, Southern California, to, of course, attend the funeral services and sort of, you know, get her affairs in order. The situation with her mom is complicated. For one, the death was ruled an accident, but something about that feels weird to Belle. Like, why would her mother have been walking along this really dangerous cliffside at night? Like, that just doesn't seem like something she would do. The relationship was also sort of strange at the end as the mom seemed more kind of distracted and, like, losing her grip and ability to focus. Um, And so there was just a lot of unanswered questions there. And as Belle begins to poke around, she discovers that her mom, whose name is Noelle, by the way, was thousands of dollars in debt. That she'd sold her shop, which is like a big deal because this like shop meant a lot to them. And also Belle meets this strange woman at the funeral who speaks cryptically about having known her mother and shows her this weird video about a group that she's a part of. And through a series of strange events that it would take me so long to explain, but that basically involve a very strange pair of very compelling red shoes, Belle goes on a little walk, kind of being led by the shoes in a way, and discovers that her mother was a member of this high-end Spa-ish, but it's not like a regular, floofy spa. It's very weirdly ritualistic, bordering culty. Its members seem obsessed with these rituals and with secrecy and with the potency of these results and of like what it does to your face and reaching the quote-unquote next level. Belle is also well; she's confused because she's also intrigued because she is beauty-obsessed herself, and I do mean obsessed. Like this whole first half of the book, she constantly goes on and on about. Basically, if you have ever been to the skincare side of TikTok, like you're going to recognize every single one of these. She's going on and off about her like morning regimen and her morning or evening regimen and it's snail mucin and essences and umpules and like all the different 17 products that, you know, she uses at any given time. So when they she's offered a free treatment by this place, she can't resist. And that is when things get even stranger and it veers into the surreal and the horrific. It goes everywhere from explorations of buried trauma to the impossible burden of beauty standards and colorism and so many other things. I could tell you so much more about this book, the way that there are so many different fairy tale references and how Mona really does this. I say Mona like I know her a lot. Um, She's really good at making that descent into quote unquote madness really slow and like drip Drap-like, like you kind of see it happening so slowly that that's where some of my quote-unquote confusion also came in because I was like, wait, what what just happened? Like everything was fine, you know, two minutes ago and like what is she talking about now? There's a lot of really intentional word slips and allegories that just – again, I think I need to go back and reread it again to really get the genius of it. But I did really enjoy the parts that I got because it's just so layered and yeah, her, her word, way with words and her language is – unmatched. So I need to go back and read Bunny, (laughs) but I really enjoyed this one as well. Even if I was somewhat confused, it was a pleasant kind of confusion. So that is Rouge by Mona Awad.
1: She's the best. So good. The best, the best. Where are we now? There's so many things we have to do when recording a podcast. All right, we have time to keep moving along. Those were books that we have read and enjoyed. Now we're going to talk about a few books that are out today. Uh, that we may have not read, but are excited about. My first pick is Shenville, a novel of murder, loss, and vengeance by Paulette Giles. Paulette Giles is the author of many books, including, most recently, News of the World and Simon the Fiddler, which are both incredible. I loved them. This is also my favorite time period to read about, the post-Civil War United States. Deadwood is my favorite television show, so that tracks. This one is about an injured Union soldier who returns from war to discover his family has been murdered, and he sets out to find the person or persons responsible. I am very excited about this book, and I was thinking I wanted to save it for my week off in October, but now that I am talking about it, I think I might read it this weekend uh, because it sounds so great. And now I want to go off on a tangent, like I do, uh, with some mildly related info to this book, which is Shenville, a novel of murder, loss, and vengeance by Paula Giles. Her novel, News of the World, was made into a film with Tom Hanks, uh, which I have not watched, but it came out a few years ago. And related to Tom Hanks, the other day, there was a book that came out last week and I read it. It's called No Crying in Baseball, The Inside Story of a League of Their Own, Big Stars, Dugout Drama, and a Home Run for Hollywood by Aaron Carlson. So if you're a League of Their Own fan, the movie with Gina Davis and Lori Petty and Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell and Tom Hanks, um this is a great bit of nostalgia. But I just wanted to point out, like, I loved this book and I want the author to have all the success, but... A full one-third of this $30 hardcover is source notes. So I started reading it, and we got to the end of the filming of the movie and to the end of Penny Marshall's life, and I was like, there's still all this book left to go. Nope. Turns out that it's actually like 185 pages long, not 320. So just know that going into it, because it took me by surprise. But if you like A League of Their Own, it is worth picking up. So, all right, I'm done. I'm coming off my... My soapbox.
2: <laughs> Look, people know who we are.
1: I just, like, I was so surprised, you know? I, I you That's know, a lot of
2: like, source notes.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness, right? I mean, it's a great book. The author has done a ton of work, but I thought I still had all this book left to read, and I did not. I mean, I could read the source notes, but, yeah, I was surprised. That happens. <laughs> I'm glad you said something. <laughs> I wanted to tell everyone else.
2: <laughs> Indeed. No, I appreciate that. I, uh... My very similar, shorter tangent that's, like, similar but not is that, like, I forget that, you know, we do our – I put together our daily duels newsletter. And so I'm constantly being made aware of all the, like, discounted books that are out there. So I buy things and then forget. And I forgot that the Discovery of Witches version that I bought was the one that's the All Souls trilogy. And it has all three. And as I was reading Discovery of Witches, I was like – this is so long. It says I'm only like 20%. And then all of a sudden it just ended. And it's like, oh, because there's two more books in this giant thing. And anyway, we're we're just silly as readers is what I'm trying to say. But good times.
1: All right. What do you got?
2: I am very excited about this one. So my next pick is Mother Daughter Murder Night by Nina Simon. And I – so I didn't look hard enough at this cover. By the way, this one came out on um, September 5th. So it's already out. And I just read it as – Four dis- like words like mother, daughter, murder, night and was already in. i like, oh, cool, I'm gonna talk about that one. That looks good. And then I realized there's a hyphen in there. No, it's mother, daughter, murder night and that it's a cozy, which is not at all what I was expecting, but now I'm really jazzed about. So yeah, it's this like story of a grandmother and a mother and a daughter. The grandmother is like looking back on her life. She built this big old LA real estate empire. She's super smart, super savvy, but now she is older and she's living in this like coastal town. 300 miles north of LA. It's like very sleepy and chill. And then one day her granddaughter finds a dead body while kayaking and becomes the suspect. And essentially the grandma is like, I got to solve this. And the mom is like, no, you should focus on recovery. You've been going through cancer. She's like, no, we're going to get down to this and figure out what's going on. And that apparently leads to all kinds of secrets and lies and discovery of like family vendettas and land dispute stuff. And I just, as I said earlier, like really, really love me a granddaughter or a grandmother. Really old older women sleuths are just like a thing that are A, having a moment, but that I personally really enjoy. And the fact that this is like a mother-daughter thing and granddaughter is really cool. So yeah, I can't wait to read that one. It's got Gilmore Girls comps, which I have never seen. And yet I always tend to like things that are comped to Gilmore Girls. So all kinds of fun coziness to be had here and murder so that's mother daughter murder night by nina simon
1: okay a couple of things one i think there was a gilmore girls picture book that came out i think so last week on the fifth if you didn't already know that secondly when i first saw the book too i was like oh this is what it would be called if i spent any time with my mother (laughs) like this is this is what this is about but it's not what that's about but that was my first thought for sure excellent (laughs) my other pick for today that i have not read yet but it's another book that I'm really excited about. Sometimes when I get excited about things, I can't read them. I've talked about it before. You all get it. Um, this one is The Second Chance Hotel by Sierra Godfrey. I loved her first book, A Very Typical Family, which I talked about on the show. It was the library reads pick of the summer. I got to interview her about it. It was great. This one is about a woman with a complicated, messy life in America who decides to get away and go to Europe. And she ends up in a hotel in Greece. And I don't know how, because they don't say, somehow, long story short, she ends up marrying a stranger who is also a guest at the hotel, and they are gifted the hotel as a wedding present, which is, like, very generous. And now she has to decide whether she wants to stay in Greece with this life that she's just created or return home to her old life in America. It's going to be great. While I was interviewing Sierra, I discovered that she herself lived in Greece for a while. So she's familiar with the area, which always makes it more exciting when, you know, the authors know about the places they're writing about. So uh, it's going to be great. It's the Second Chance Hotel by Sierra Godfrey. And now we are going to hear from another sponsor. All right, Vanessa, what do you have last for us?
2: Round us out, a book that I was really, really jazzed to realize that no one talked about last week because I was like, ooh, I'm going to snatch it up. And so I changed it up last minute in our agenda, and that is The Fraud by Zadie Smith. I love Zadie Smith so much. She is the author of books like Swing Time and White Teeth. And I'm gonna again take us on a little teeny interlude, which is to say that the reason I read White Teeth is because a long time ago, before I ever worked or wrote for Book Riot, I wrote Into Get Booked, which is our uh, now retired podcast that used to be hosted by Amanda Nelson and Jen Northington. And I asked for books about England in preparation for a big trip I was taking to England. And Amanda Nelson recommended White Teeth about you know on that show. So I went off to England, read the book. The trip like totally changed my life and inspired me to quit my corporate job and focus on writing and. Essentially, that's how I ended up at Book Riot. So I always think of Book Riot and Amanda Nelson and get booked when I talk about Sadie Smith and White Teeth. So I automatically read anything she writes. So in this latest, The Fraud, it is so me. It's historical fiction and it's set in Victorian England, specifically against the backdrop of a legal trial that really divided Victorian England at the time. It's the Tichborne trial where a lower class butcher from Australia claimed that he was actually the rightful heir of this really sizable estate and title. So it's set in the 1870s, and we have a Scottish housekeeper who is the cousin to the man that employs her, and he's a once-famous novelist named William William Ainsworth. And he's a real novelist who was the contemporary of Charles Dickens, but even then was like reportedly not very talented. And that's exactly what this woman, his cousin, like believes. Like She loves him, but she's like, eh, I think you might be kind of a fraud. And also your friend Charles Dickens is a giant bully. And there is another man who is – he grew up enslaved on a Jamaican plantation. And so for very obvious reasons, he has major distrust for – like the wealthy and the powerful. And the reason that's all related is that he ends up the star witness in this imposter case. He knows his future depends on the story that he tells here. The Scottish uh, housekeeper, Mrs. Touche, is also just very aware about the implications of the stories that we tell. So they both are going to play a role here in like the way that this you know trial unfolds. And so I just love stories that fictionalize real events like this. Like we know I love a Victorian read. Plus, there's a queer element to the story and just a lot of explorations of the ways in which we are all frauds. There's a lot of fraud going on here that's not just like the obvious, you know, fraud case. So this just sounds super up my alley. I can't wait to read it. So that is The Fraud by Zadie Smith.
1: That just reminded me of Princess Caribou. Did you ever watch that movie? (laughs) I did. (laughs) Now I want to watch Princess Caribou.
2: Yep. (laughs) Great, great uh, segue there.
1: (laughs) It's got Phoebe Cates, Kevin Kline... John, oh, let's go. Who who else? I can't remember, but that was adorable. Wow, well,
2: yeah. This is scratching a lot of <laughs> places in my brain.
1: Yeah, I used to watch that movie all the time. Me too. Yeah, about, you know, the princess that shows up. I, like, I love, uh, like, I I got a copy of this, this the Zadie Smith because I love stories about Frauds. Like I don't like the part where people are defrauded. Sure, exactly. Back then, you know, like you could just roll up in a new town and be like, "Hey, Mm -hmm. I'm the King Prince of Pantsland, and give me all your gold." And they'd be like, "Oh, okay." You know, and then they'd they'd be like, "Wait a second, we found out you're not the King Prince of Pantsland." And then they just go to another town and do the same thing because there was no internet. (laughs) You know. So, so good.
2: It <laughs> I means basically how the Anastasia thing persisted as long as it did. Yeah. Right. Cause like you could just do right? that. and It was really hard to prove.
1: <laughs> yeah. Although I haven't read much about the Anastasia thing in a while, but I feel like, didn't she truly believe? I don't think one of them truly believed.
2: One of the women, it does sound like for reasons you know, that may have bordered on mental health. Yeah. Like absolutely believed it. And a lot of the others were just like, haha. So So yeah. um, yes, it's layered. Um, and But super yeah. interesting. Yeah. It's
0: very interesting.
1: Well, Okay, those are books that we are excited about that we may or may not have read. Now we're going to talk about a few books out in paperback today. Uh, there is the Best Short Stories 2023, the O. Henry Prize winners. There's one of these every year. And this year is edited by Lauren Groff, who wrote The Vaster Wilds, which everyone should read. So excited. The series is also edited by Jenny Minton quigley These are some of the most esteemed literary stories. Like, it's one of the most famous literary prizes. I'm gonna say literary again. There. Also today, which I love, but I think it's a sponsor of the show, so we couldn't talk about it, out in paperback, it's a paperback original, is Godkiller by Hannah Kaner. This is a fantasy debut in a new trilogy. It was compared to The Witcher and Gideon the Ninth, so you know I was right there. It's so good. The second one is coming out at the beginning of next year already. I like it when the books don't have a lot of space in between them. Everyone should check it out. Also, now, out in paperback from hardcover is Our Share of Night by Mariana Enriquez, which is translated by Megan McDowell. This is a huge, I mean big, horror novel about a father and son. The mother has died... The father is now taking the boy to visit her family, who are actually a cult of immortal beings who want to keep the boy. Lots of scary stuff happens. It gave me passage vibes. Like, I got, like, it reminded me of The Passage for some reason. I don't exactly know why, but if you liked The Passage by Justin Cronin, then I would definitely recommend this one. It's gross. It's scary. It's upsetting. It's awesome. Also out, The Weight of Blood by Tiffany D. Jackson. I talked about this on the podcast when it came out in hardcover. This is a YA horror retelling of Carrie by Stephen King. It's about a young black woman and her horrible father and her classmates who bully her. Uh, There's going to be a prom. You know it's not going to go well. We know the story. It's great. Stay True, a memoir by Hua Su. This one, the Pulitzer for nonfiction. It is his memoir about his friendship with a young man named Ken They had nothing in common, yet they were close friends, and then, unfortunately, Ken was killed in a carjacking, and he talks about, you know, his life after Ken. Very sad and just beautiful and amazing. Bliss Montage Stories by Ling Ma. Ling Ma is the author of Severance, not based on the TV show. Uh, This is her collection of stories. They're wild and speculative and great Nona the Ninth by Tamson Muir. This is the third book in the Lock Tomb series, which started with Gideon the Ninth. As you know, one of my very favorite books. I've read it a million times. Turns out, I'm wearing a Gideon the Ninth shirt right now while we're recording this podcast. Just realized it. Uh, followed by Harrow the Ninth. And then, there was supposed to be Electo the Ninth, but all of a sudden they were like, oh, surprise, third book. It's gonna be Nona the Ninth, so we're all, like, waiting to find out when Electo is coming. But, like, four books instead of three, like, woohoo! And the paperback of Nona the Ninth claims to have bonus content on the cover. So, I mean, the bonus content isn't on the cover. Like, on the cover it says bonus content. <laughs> so, um, very exciting. Conversations with Birds by Priyanka Kumar. This is an excellent essay collection slash memoir about the natural world. Priyanka Kumar is a filmmaker and an author. And it's just, I love birds, so I loved this book. Lavender House by Lev A.C. Rosen. This is the start of a queer mystery series for adults set in the 1950s. Andy is a police officer who is fired after it's been found out that he is queer. uh, And he is hired by the head of a soap company to come to their house called Lavender House, which is regarded as a queer sanctuary. And they want him to investigate the death of the soap company's matriarch because someone thinks it might be suspicious. The second book in this series, Bell in the Fog, is coming on October 10th. And Witches by Brenda Lozano and translated by Heather Cleary about a healer in Mexico who is murdered. But before she died, she taught everything she knew to her cousin. Now her cousin is going to the village where she's going to learn about the history of her family and the history of women healers. This is a big Book Riot favorite from last year. And those are some paperbacks out this week. Now, Vanessa, what are you going to read next?
2: I somehow completely missed, which is by Brenda Lozano. So I'm literally oh. squab- like scribbling it as you were talking. So there's that. I'm going to acquire that.
1: There you go. Also has an awesome cover of like yes. a bird lady in a dress.
2: I just realized I have seen this cover before. It is stunning. Okay. So we're going to need to get our hands on that sometime soon. Um, the two books that I had planned to say I'm reading next are definitely The Fraud, by Zadie Smith, and also Before She Finds Me by Heather Chavez, which is a book that came recommended by Jamie from Unusual Suspects. It's apparently a very page-turter thriller about a woman who is dropping off her daughter at college, and then a tragedy ensues, and she's able to save her daughter. Due to reacting in a way that, like, is not expected. And then the second character of the story is a woman who is a hired assassin, but was not hired for this job. But sounds like her husband might have been. And she's starting to really question the motives of, like, why he was potentially hired for this thing that happened and what his motives were. So, yeah, sounds really great. That's what I'm reading.
1: All right. So I would like a prize for going through the whole episode you without mentioning that about 45 minutes before we started recording, I got Kelly Link's debut novel, The Book of Love, in the mail. Yay! Of which I immediately said to you, hey, you still want to record today? Hoping you'd be like, no, so I could start immediately, which you were like, no, let's just record today. I was like, okay. But <laughs> True story. That, and that is the responsible thing to do. But I want to read it right now. This is my most anticipated book of 2024. It comes out in February. Kelly Link is a goddess. Everything she writes is incredible. She's only published short story collections up to this point, um, which have been nominated for a gazillion awards, including the Pulitzer Prize. Uh, This is her debut novel. It's 640 pages long, which I could just pass out just saying that. I am so excited. I, I, oh, oh, so excited. I don't even really know what it's about. Uh, let's look. <laughs> in the long awaited debut novel from best-selling author and Pulitzer Prize finalist Kelly Link, three teenagers become pawns in a supernatural power struggle. Well, there you go. That's at the beginning. There, It doesn't have a cover image yet, so I don't know, like, what the cut, co- But I'm sure it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I am so... Excited about this. I actually came up with an expression because I've always wanted to meet Kelly Link. Many years ago, I hadn't met her, and she was going to be at the Boston Book Festival, and someone asked me how excited I was to meet Kelly Link, and I came up with the expression that you've heard me use. I'm so, I couldn't be more excited if I swallowed a cat and broke out in kittens. That literally uh, was yes. created about Kelly Link, and that is how <laughs> I feel about this novel. <laughs> and if anyone tries to get in my way after we're done recording, to keep me from reading it, I'm going to be very angry. <laughs> and also now I have The Book of Love stuck in my head, which is a great song by Magnetic Fields and also an amazing cover of that song by Peter Gabriel. Pick either Go one ahead. and listen to it. They're great. I have a lot to be excited about today. <laughs> you do. I'm full of beans. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I was worried you'd be like, hello, Liberty. How are you today? I'd be like, oh, I have a new Kelly." just, like, keep screaming until you (laughs) had to turn the recording off. (laughs) I
2: actually saw your post right before we logged on and thought that it had a shark book cover. And I'm realizing now as I look at it that you're just holding the book up, like, next to a shark. But I was really interested in my head to know, like, what... I love me some Kelly Link as well. Like what Kelly Link had done that was related to sharks. <laughs> I was like, no no, 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 that's just the background.
1: <laughs> I have giant shark decals yes. on the walls in my house. <laughs> People are like, why do you have it. these? They come in like, why do you have these? I'm like, why don't I have these? Why don't um, I? <laughs> so yeah, that that shark that I posed the book with is Ned Shark because winter <laughs> is chumming. <laughs> <laughs> Liberty. <laughs> That's what I named him.
2: I swear I only do this podcast so that I can laugh with liberty. Look, this is why I'm here. Yeah, I have books, but also (laughs) liberty humor.
0: All
1: right. Well, that's enough. I have to go read the new Kelly Link. But I do love telling everyone else about books, too, and talking to you, Vanessa. So, you know. Yes. Now it's all done. I'm going to go read the new Kelly Link. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is it for us today. To enter to win a possible... Octavia Butler book and some other things, mystery books. I didn't read the ad today. I've already forgotten. You can (laughs) enter by, you simply start a free subscription to the Deep Dive. There's no payment method required. Just to enter, go to bookriot.substack.com. That's bookriot.substack.com. And no purchase is necessary to enter. We also want to thank our sponsors. We want to thank our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. And talk about how I'm reading the new Kelly Link. Vanessa, where can people find you online?
2: I am on Instagram, and I'm slowly transitioning over to Blue Sky, all at the same handle, which is Buenos Dias SD.
1: All right, and I am on Instagram at Friends and Comes Alive, and I am also on Blue Sky at Liberty Hardy, where I just said a bad word earlier before we started recording because i got the new kelly link (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and if you want to give us a treat you can go to apple podcasts or spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcast and leave a rating or review it helps other book lovers to find us and as much as we would love to tell you about more books today we just don't have the time but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookride.com slash all the books as well as find a link to our new books newsletter and for more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. And in the meantime, happy, happy reading.